We have a special guest alert because on today's show, we are bringing on draft expert Keith Sanchez from the Draft Network to tell us why Brock Bowers is the right pick for the Chargers at five. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you to the everydayers for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss big interviews like the ones we have on today's show, follow or subscribe for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. We got Keith Sanchez on today who tells us why he loves Brock Bowers at five, why he also Loves Malik Neighbors and also tells us, you know, what corner they could go with if they trade back, how he feels about some of the offensive line prospects, and much more. But today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Here he is, Keith Sanchez. All right, guys, you know that it's draft season, and that's why we wanted to bring on a very special guest on today's show. We have Keith Sanchez, who is a senior draft analyst for the Draft Network, but also is the host of the Locked On NFL Draft Show that's every single day with Damian Parsons. So excited to have you on, man. Such a busy time of the year for you. You can find him on Twitter. Make sure you guys follow him because I know you guys love the draft. If you have your draft questions, I got a draft guy here for you. Okay, This man knows much more than I do about the draft, and you can follow him at the talent code on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. But thank you for coming on, man. I know it's a busy time. We appreciate your time. Oh, no problem at all. I'm excited to be in Chargers country and talk about it, right? They have a top 10 pick. They have Justin Herbert. They have a new head coach. There's a lot of exciting things going on. So let's talk some draft. Yeah, and that's another crazy thing about your job specifically, too, because you're doing all these shows. And every team has different needs, right? So it's like you're coming up with what you think about these prospects and then other people are having you on to say, hey, what does my team need? Where should my team go? You know, but for the Chargers, it's kind of all over the place because they have the fifth overall pick. You could definitely make the argument that they could take a receiver, that they could take a tight end, that they could take an offensive lineman. Maybe they take the best defensive player available. That's how many holes are on the Chargers. All of those things are on the table. So let's assume that in this draft that we're doing here today, that you're the Chargers general manager, and the first four picks are some combination of three quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison Jr. That's been the most commonly mocked kind of situation, but it leaves the Chargers basically with every option outside of one receiver since they have their quarterback picked up already figured out. So if you were in that spot at pick number five and you were the Chargers, which direction would you go? Yeah, definitely. And, and we know that the Chargers need defensive help, right? And you said that it can be at, at all different levels, but... I think in this situation, you take best player available. And I just wrapped up my final evaluation on Brock Bowers. And I I said that this, that I believe that he's the tight end version of Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, If if you haven't watched his Auburn film, that was a masterpiece. That was one of the most single-handedly impressive films that I've watched, not only from a tight end, but just a a skill position player offensively um, in a while. So I like Brock Bowers, and I, and I like it for this reason also. He, he's a guy because he he takes handoffs at running back, right? They run him on jet motion and jet sweeps, right? He lines up at outside wide receiver, slot wide receiver. It's hard not to get this guy to football, right? It, it doesn't take rocket science to yeah. draw up a play for Brock Bowers, and that's why I like it. And I believe this, that sometimes when you're picking up, when you're drafting, 
drafting, I'm sorry, in the top 10, that it's about going with the sure thing, right? When you start drafting for need and start reaching for a player, at times you can get in trouble doing that. So I, I think Brock Bowers is a highly talented player. I think he can be as talented as any tight end in the NFL um, in the next year or two. Woo. Hey, I'd love to see that. Uh, we had a pretty darn good tight end for a very, very long time with the Chargers by the name of Antonio Gates. So we, uh, we know the lineage there uh, at the tight end position, and we'd like to see that continue uh, with uh, Justin Herbert here. But we are also very big Malik Neighbors fans here, and we probably would be our pick if the Chargers stayed there. It's and been between five. Bowers and Neighbors. That's what we keep going back and forth is the Neighbors is a Bowers. That, that's kind of been where we're at right now. Yeah. yeah, and and guess what? I, I like neighbors also, right? Like you asking me to pick out a couple elite guys, right? So um, totally. I wouldn't be angry at all if you take Malik Neighbors. And I think Malik Neighbors, what he will bring to this Chargers team and offense is, is a little bit of grit, right? You know, we talk about these guys, not necessarily divas, but they're kind of disruptive, right? And, yeah. and it seems like the Chargers need some of that, right? Some of that, you know what, we're not going to lay down. Or if we get punched in the mouth, we're just going to hit you right back, right? And especially offensively, yeah, because we know Justin Herbert, he's, I believe he's a leader, right? But his his leadership approach is, is, is somewhat backseat or lead by example, but you may need a vocal leader. And I don't think Quentin Johnston is that type of guy either. Um, Keenan Allen, he'll get a little fiery, but that's not necessarily um, who he wants to be all the time. And then sure. Mike Williams kind of goes about it, how he goes about it also. So I think adding Malik Neighbors to that situation could be really good. And he's another guy, like I said, can get the ball in his hands easily just via bubble screens, quick screens and things like that. Well, and I think, do you think that he would – help with the explosiveness nature of it because the thing is is the Chargers aren't going to bring back Keenan Allen and Mike Williams which means the Chargers aren't going to bring back Mike Williams so that's basically where it's at but without Mike Williams last year the deep passing game totally went down the drain because basically their deep passing game without an elite speed field stretcher type of player was throw it up to Mike Williams he is an 80-20 guy on 50-50 balls and that's how we're going to create the chunk plays whereas it feels like at least with Malik Neighbors it's, it's a little bit more easy explosiveness than that right like it feels like he is someone that just by his athleticism can kind of create some of those things down the field where you're not having to throw 50-50 balls. Yeah, definitely. And then when you have a guy with an arm like Justin Herbert, right, you want to let him use it, right? We want to see how far can he do football. Yeah. We do. If yeah. he has, you know, if his weapons are built, you know, in this fast, when we talk about Quentin Johnston and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, then he necessarily can't use his eight trait or the trait that may separate him from every other quarterback in the NFL. So I definitely think he he offers that. But when you talk about explosive plays. Malik neighbors run after the catch ability, I think is something special, right? And sometimes for a quarterback, when you just need a gimme, right? And like I talked about the quick screens or just a five-yard pass, and you can convert that into 50 yards, you you Justin Herb, you're sitting back there, you're saying, I'll take it, right? Yeah. So I, I think yeah. Malik neighbors offers that in multiple facets. Yeah, and uh, the other thing about Brock Bowers, too, because we did have a Brock Bowers question. We weren't sure where you were going to go with who you thought the top five pick was. But one of the things that a lot of people push back with with Brock Bowers is just the fact that Look at all these tight ends that were taken in the first round that were busts, right? Not to say Kyle Pitts, Pitts was a bust, but he's the last guy taken in the top five. Right. Obviously, the usage there is probably a bigger issue than him as you know a player, but that's what people say. So you, you don't kind of buy into that philosophy of, okay, top five is too rich to take a tight end because of positional value and things like that. No, I'm, I'm not extremely huge on positional value i believe that elite players are elite players right if you if you look at the san francisco 49ers they are they have built kind of 
the exact opposite way of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And both teams play in the playoffs, right? Meaning that the San Francisco 49ers, they believe in a running back, right? Which they spend a lot of draft capital on and linebackers, right? And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs who went at it with a quarterback and a tight end, right? So I just yeah. think that you try to acquire as many elite players as possible. And to the point of Kyle Pitts versus Brock Bowers, if you ask me today, would I grade those guys? I would grade Brock Bowers over Kyle Pitts. Um, and I haven't even said that on a locked on NFL draft podcast yet, right? Exclusive. So, you heard it here first. <laughs> and and the reason is is that he does more traditional things. Kyle Pitts yeah. kind of leaned more on the wide receiver in, right? To where it's yeah. like, okay, how do you get him to football? But Brock Bowers, like I talk about at the beginning of the show, it's it's easy to get him to football, man. Let him work the middle of the field and let him be productive. Hey, some dram- uh, some analysts have projected the Chargers to take Washington receiver Roma Dunze with the fifth overall pick over Malik Neighbors. How close do you think Adunze and Neighbors are, and what do you think uh, about Adunze's game if they go that direction? Yeah, I, I think that Adunze, first of all, Adunze and Neighbors, I think it's going to come down to draft day, and it's going to be an impulse decision by the general manager because um they're so close in their grade, right? Ooh. But then they're also stylistically, they're they're different. They're different type of wide yeah. receivers and what they offer. One guy, it's 5'11", right? One guy is 6'3". Uh, but with, with Rome, he's predicted to run a, a 4'4"-ish type 40, right? So you're talking about 6'4", 220, and runs a 4'4". That's something to buy in, right? But Sounds the like interesting thing... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing is that Rome doesn't necessarily always play at that that speed either, right? He looks more of a four five five guy from yeah. time to time. But I think that's because he runs his route with good tempos with good tempo, which is good, right? You don't have to run full speed all the time. It's about getting open and finding those holes in the defense. So I think Rome could also be another good option for the Chargers. Uh just when talking about getting that big body frame that you know can move and stretch the field vertically, um, but also work the short and intermediate routes also. We have more great stuff on what Keith Sanchez thinks the Chargers should do with the fifth overall pick and beyond coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys that you could be getting buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. And the other great thing, too, is even though football season is over, I'm all very sad about it, March Madness is right around the corner. I mean, it is going to be the best time of the year to bet on any kind of sports with all the madness that is coming. And if you're missing football, I totally understand it. The good news is the Super Bowl odds for the champion in 2025 are already out. If we're on FanDuel right now for the 2024 season, the Chargers are currently plus 3,000 to win it all next year. So if you really believe in Jim Harbaugh, you can get great odds. They are tied for 12th in the NFL. And I feel like, hey, before we know who is all on this team, I think that's fair. But if you guys want to get in on that action, just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Especially if they're getting rid of their big dude that they have right now with Mike Williams. So I could definitely see them, you know, trying to do that. Especially, you know, maybe it's a trade back situation too because the Chargers now with Joe Hortiz, the old Ravens player, uh, director of player personnel, they trade all the time. The Chargers haven't really traded at all under Tom Tolesco. So that'll be interesting to see because, hey, if they move back, then a lot of options become available. Now a lot more things are on the table. But if they do stay at five, one of the biggest pipe dreams that's out there and every once in a while, Keith, I come across the mock draft that gets my hopes up and has uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. making it to the fifth overall pick. So to me, I mean, wide receiver one, I I, I think if he's there, it's a very obvious pick of who they would go with if they were going to do that. 
And like you said, Brock Bowers is the Marvin Harrison Jr. of tight ends. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is the Marvin Harrison Jr. of wide receivers. So do you think there is a scenario, right? It probably have to do with how many quarterbacks are taken early on in this draft. It, is there any chance he makes it out of the top four picks? Ooh, it is tough. I'm going to tell you what I think is going to have to happen. They're probably going to have to move up one spot. They're going to have to figure something out with Arizona, right? Because Arizona is sitting at four, and I don't see any reason to why they wouldn't take Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. Now, picks one through three, you can easily get over that, right, as far yeah. as just three quarterbacks going in the yeah. first three. Um, Unless somebody moves into the, the slot four if they want an offensive tackle or they try to trade with the Cardinals, which I don't know if the Cardinals would do that because they're both trading for the same player, right? J.J. So, McCarthy's out there somewhere. Somebody wants hey, to come up and get him. You know what hey, I mean? Well, you know what? This, <laughs> is, this is your job right here is to drive the J.J. McCarthy train <laughs> as hard as you can. So then that way team. Jim Harbaugh's definitely doing it. He definitely <laughs> is. He said he's the number one quarterback in this draft class. I mean, I, it's hard, you know, because it's like I think for the Chargers – they were one Matt Prater missed field goal away from being at four where they would literally potentially have just the top <laughs> choice of any, you know, non quarterback in the draft potentially. And then Matt Prater, 23 of 23 on, you know, game ending kicks and overtime in the last two minutes of a game decides to miss his first career one. And the Chargers pick at five, which is, hey, you know, once Justin Herbert went down, that was the best case scenario. But, I, you know, I, I need a little dose of reality. So I'm glad you said, hey, if you're not moving up by one or if somebody else doesn't come up to one of the Cardinals, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not making it past the Cardinals if they stay there. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, yeah. Kyler Murray needs a needs a weapon, right? And so, yeah. like, uh, it's so hard to to sit here and think that they wouldn't take the best weapon that's going to be available on, on the market and pair it with him. I mean, I'd love to see it, but I, even I think though there's a ton of people now that are saying, "Hey, maybe Malik Neighbors is actually uh, you know close to to Marvin Harrison Jr.," which I'm I was surprised to see kind of uh, start circulating a little bit. Maybe that's just draft season smoke. Yep. Can can I ask y'all a question since I'm on yeah. the the Chargers podcast, right? You are specializing yeah. this. I want to ask y'all, how do y'all foresee it changing offensively with Harbaugh, right? And we know that this yeah. is the same guy that ran a program that didn't throw the football in the second half against Penn State. So do you guys <laughs> kind of foresee something changing, and or there's an evolution as far as the offensive scheme? And I think I believe that they brought in Greg Roman yep. as the OC, right? You talking about a guy that worked, worked with Lamar Jackson and Colin yep. Kaepernick, right? So. I don't think he's going to be running the, the triple option with uh, Justin <laughs> Herbert. So, no. um, what are some of the things that y'all are seeing as far as you know potential um, offensive philosophy changes that affect the draft? More balance. I mean, they're yeah. going to run the ball a whole lot more than they did in the past. And with uh, Greg Roman coming on as offensive coordinator, this guy pretty much runs top 10 rushing attacks yep. almost everywhere Wherever that he, he goes. goes. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely feel like a, a big emphasis on improving that part of the game because the, the Chargers had no semblance of a running game whatsoever last year. And it really made it to where Justin Herbert had to do everything and put everything on his back. I mean, of course, with the defense being as bad as they were, too, that was a big part of it. But getting bigger, more physical up front in the trenches and uh, just a bit more direct dedication to running the football. I think we're going to see that quite a bit. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I mean, I think the thing is, is you've seen Justin Herbert play hero ball. You've seen him try to do it by himself. OK, what does he look like if he does have a, a competent running game? If he has, you know, a, a competent defense and Jim Harbaugh teams, Greg Roman teams, right? usually have one of those two calling cards. So it, it, it we're going to talk about the offensive line too because it does feel like that's very much more on the table now, potentially at five. Uh, because, you know, if you're going to be a trenches team, you got to be a trenches team. But I think so many Chargers fans would freak out if the Chargers don't go wide receiver or a Brock Bowers or get him a weapon at five. 
that I would like to at least help you help them feel better about it if they don't end up getting an Adunze or Marvin Harrison Jr. or a Brock Bowers or even a Malik Neighbors, right? Is there a chance in this draft class because a lot of people say, hey, it's loaded at wide receiver. Should the Chargers still feel okay if they do end up going with someone in the trenches with the fifth overall pick or don't go offensive skill player that they still have a good chance to get a good receiver later on in the draft? Yeah, and I would tell the Chargers community, right, like this is a a non-panic situation just because the positional needs that the Chargers have, luckily enough, this is what this draft is deep at, right? Like if it was, you know, if they needed corners and safeties and and, and linebackers, I'd be like, okay, be a little bit nervous, right? But if you need offensive tackle, offensive line help, and wide receiver, then you can flip them, right? You can go wide receiver first, then offensive tackle in in the, you know, in day two, or you can go – Offensive tackle and then wide receiver. Uh, did I just say that? Either way, you can flip. Yeah, them, I get you. Um, yeah, yeah. Both, you know, both right. ways, and I think you can pan out. And honestly, if I had to pick, I would probably if, if I'm sitting at top five, I think I would probably go with the elite wide receiver, the guy that I feel like is a game changer, and then stack on work on building my offensive line in day two because they're going to be a lot of guys that are simply going to fall because a lot of teams are just you know it's just not sexy to draft offensive linemen right yeah. so i think there's gonna be a lot of offensive linemen that fall i like that yeah that's good news i mean the, the chargers definitely need to add a couple of pieces on the offensive line for sure even though most of us talk about you know a offensive skill player at five if the chargers do trade back could they target one of the top corners in the draft the chargers uh get their pick of any corner in draft who would you go with? Hmm. This is a really, really, really good question. Um, I've seen a lot of names thrown out there at CB1 this year. Yeah, and you want to know why? It's because nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Secret inside information. Yeah, and and, yeah. And, I, I, and I think also the reason why is because we've seen up and down film from everybody, from Terrion Arnold to Kool-Aid McKinstry to uh, Cooper DeGene to Nate Wiggins, right? Everybody has yeah. a first-round grade on this guy and then a second-round grade, and it flips, right? It goes back and forth. So I think they definitely could trade down if they want to. Um what I know, and, and we just talked about this on the yeah. Lock on the Fell Draft podcast, where I'm not sure if there's a, a Christian Gonzalez or a sure. Derek Stingley in this No draft doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. And and like you say, picking high, right? You want a no doubt about it, guys. So I, I don't think this is the class where there's no doubt about it. And I like Terry Arnold from Alabama a lot, but there's still um, one more stepping stone for him as far as development. I think Kool-Aid is probably – Kool-Aid McKinstry, I'm sorry, is probably – the most consistent kind of press man guy has been doing it the longest time, but there are some lapses for him too. So um, it's, it's, it's a tough cornerback class to kind of flush out everything yeah. and, and correctly peg it. So not the best time for, you know, the chargers to need two corners probably coming out of this one. Hopefully they end up with uh, Mike Samer still from Michigan. Cause him at slot corner at the next level, I would take that, especially going yeah. into the same defense with Jesse mentor. But I mean, that's the other Good thing that I'm not a draft guy because, like, if your name is Kool-Aid to me, like, you're going to get, like, a, you know, 10% bump in your draft rate <laughs> just, uh, just based on the name alone. So that's why Keith Sanchez is the expert in Locked On NFL Draft is where you go for all your draft needs. Make sure you stay there because we have more with NFL draft expert Keith Sanchez coming up after this, talking about some of these offensive line prospects and also these favorite running backs in this draft class. First of all, I want to tell you guys about Game Time because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. I go on there pretty much every day. Even if I don't have time to go to an event, I still check because sometimes there have been tickets so cheap 
right? That I have to cancel the plans I currently have. And the nice thing is also with game time, you get the game time guarantee. And that means you'll always get the best price. Even if you find the tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Another great thing about game time is you always see where your seat actually is and the view you're going to have for it. And you always know what the price is up front. No hidden fees and things like that. What you see is what you're going to get. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's create an account, redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-NFL for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. With Jim Harbour running... Harbaugh running the show like you talked about like that does put a more of an emphasis on potentially building in the trenches and potentially if they do trade back going with an offensive lineman right if they don't get one of those elite offensive players at the top if they do trade back and they have their pick of offensive linemen do you think that they would be better off taking Joe Alt or Fashanu or someone like that the an elite left tackle even though they already have Rashawn Slater or do you think you move back far enough to where you potentially just take the best right tackle who's a natural right tackle and not have to worry about them switching sides yeah if if I'm with that hypothetical I am trading back and and not that I don't believe that Joe Alt and Olu Fashanu are extremely talented guys right I just think that this offensive tackle class is this doggone talented yeah and I mean even if you're doing a big board and not a mock draft right 12 of the top 18 players are probably offensive linemen, right? Ooh, and, but I just, ooh. yeah, it's, I, wow. I think it's that, yeah, I, I think it's that talented, right? Cause we don't even get into like BYU's offensive tackle, Kingsley Sumatia, Washington's offensive lineman, Troy Fontanu, um, Tyler Guyton, right? Just emerged from Oklahoma. So there's so many guys and so many offensive tackles. So I would trade back. And if they feel like they have feel really comfortable about a guy, if you, you know, get to pick 12 or 15 and in you trading back, you're able to pick up another, let's say, second round pick in a first for next year or something like that right yeah they need to they need to address more holes like trade getting more picks helps them build it up faster yeah right yep and i I would seriously consider that if i was the chargers if they were to go offensive lineman yeah well we talked about a little bit about jackson powers johnson before we started recording this show here but only a few weeks ago it looked like the chargers were able to maybe get him in the second round uh, now it seems like there's absolutely no chance that he makes it there with his performance at the senior bowl how high do you think he could potentially go this is tough because uh, we had was that I'm trying to think the last time a center was rated this high might have been Tyler Lindenbaum out of okay. Iowa remember that and the, yeah. I think Baltimore had two first round picks in that draft and they yep. took them towards the back end of the first round so if there's a team there that needs them I can easily see them taking them so if you're asking me will he fall to the second round maybe but I won't feel great about it right just knowing Same, how- there's a chance yeah, it's, it's it's a chance. It's not the same chance that it was before yeah. the senior bowl. It's no. a lot smaller, right? But yeah. it's still a small chance. It's still a center, though, right? Like, that's the thing. Is like, I mean, was Creed Humphrey even a first-round pick? I think he even ended up in the second round, too. Yeah, so, like, I, I mean, center's a weird position, even if you're the best. You yeah. might not necessarily be a first-round pick because of the positional value. Yeah, it's, and like you said, that that name, right, positional value, and it's a devalued position. So, yeah, that, that's why I would still give him the opportunity to be like, hey, he can fall to the second round just because he's a center. We know quarterbacks are going to get pushed yeah. up, and centers, running backs, linebackers are going to yeah. get pushed down. Yeah, and the Chargers pretty much need all of those different positions. Are there <laughs> other guys, any other guys that you like? Because at first – there was a lot of people saying it's basically Jackson Powers Johnson and that's it. This is not a good center class. But then, you know, someone like Zach Frazier gets brought up and people start watching a little bit more of him. Are there any other guys you like at center in this draft class the Chargers could potentially swoop later on? 
Yeah, I actually I I disagree with that sentiment that yeah. it's only Jackson Powers Johnson. I I think Good. this is a pretty solid center class. Um, Good. you and and I'm gonna go just kind of two two guys. One of them is under the radar, and then one guy is fairly known, but I think he's just kind of going through prospect f- fatigue. Um, Georgia center Cedric Van Pran. I think this 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 guy has the goods, man. Everything you want in a starting center. He's been there for four or five years at Georgia, part of national championships. He's the lead man, calls out protections. He's 300 plus pounds. He can like move. He, he's athletic, right? I, I think he's good enough, and we watch enough NFL football, right? Like there, yeah. We can't turn our nose up at good centers coming out of college right because there's not a lot of good center play in the nfl so i think he's good enough and then a guy that caught my eye at the senior bowl was arkansas center bo limmer and i just finished up his draft report and as a mid-round guy you're talking about early day three I like him. He plays with the right type of grit and nastiness to him um, as a football player. There's just something when you watch him, like, you know what? I, I can, I, I can, love that. Yeah, I can buy into this guy coming into camp, competing his butt off, and potentially starting for my team. And like I said, that's looking at, you know, the Cowboys and the Vikings and all of these teams that need center help, right? And we're watching yeah. these guys. I think Bull Limit can definitely um, play up to par as a starting NFL center. I mean, we say it a lot around here since Jim Harbaugh became the coach, but that sounds like a Jim Harbaugh type of player, a guy who's yeah. going to bring some nastiness to the table, and and we need that. The Chargers absolutely need that. They need to Corey change. Corey Lindsley, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, Corey Lindsley's a surprise retirement has basically made it so uh, I, I think 100% chance they're taking a center in this draft <laughs> somewhere along the line. You lose yeah. Corey Lindsley, you know, you, you got to replace him with someone, especially because it is an important position, even if the position's devalued for sure. Well, and you see how you see you saw how good he was too, and I think yeah. that yep. really put a um, bigger emphasis on having a commander in the middle. A and guy how much worse really... they were without him. And Cedric yeah. Van Pran, hey, a guy who played with Jamari Sawyer, so maybe yeah. that is one yep. that makes sense from Georgia. So yep. interesting Absolutely. to see. But hey, uh, the the Chargers. We talked about the running game being revamped, and you know the Chargers are definitely going to be taking at least one running back in this year's draft because Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly are more than likely heading to free agency. Who are some of your favorite running backs in this year's class? Whew, this is tough. Um, you know, I I, I kind of talked about the cornerback class, and it was all over the place. Yeah. The running back class is even more scrambled. Uh, <laughs> is it about, like a preference thing to you? Like I, it just it depends so. what you're looking for. Exactly. And then that's, yeah. that's exactly where I was going with. I think it's, it's, it's what you're going to want, right? Do you want a downhill thumper? Then, you know, you may go with Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin, right? But if you want a guy to catch the, the football out of the backfield, you may go with Bucking, Bucky Irving, right? And then um, there's a guy, I want. I don't want to get his school wrong. I get all these Dakotas messed up, though. Oh, no, um, the Dakotas are awful. Yeah, yeah, it's the South Dakota, North Dakota, South Dakota State versus, yeah, I think it's South Dakota State. I want to say his name is Isaiah Davis. Um, 6'1", has really good feet he could be a late round guy that emerges um you know his big big back but has really good feet so he he can do some things also and then trey benson from florida state right he he reminds me somewhat because he's a little bit high cut reminds me somewhat of tj yeldon um from alabama a couple years ago so another talented football player uh jonathan brooks is you know he's coming off of acl which i, I just think you kind of have to see how that plays out especially for running backs right so yeah it's it's totally. more of a pick your flavor like whatever the Chargers have on their team already then you may want to go the opposite way to kind of round out that backfield it makes sense and if if you think about Greg Roman offenses it does feel like it is going to be a more physical a more north and south guy but then you see someone like uh you know Bucky Irving who's just so explosive and you just think Mm -hmm. about okay what could he bring to this offense an offense that's not known for its explosiveness right that even if he doesn't necessarily fit into hey north and south gonna you know knock people out 
you still need that juice on your offense wherever oh, yeah. you can find it. He's definitely somebody that caught my eye for sure. It's like, hey, if you want to, you know, bring in another Oregon Duck to go with Justin Herbert, I'll take him. I'll take Jackson Powers Johnson, whoever they want to throw <laughs> into the mix, I'm good with. But thank you so much for coming on, man. Again, if you guys are that into the draft, we know you're always in our comments asking about draft content. This is a man who puts out a daily NFL draft show, Locked On NFL Draft, him and Damian Parsons. And you can also find him on the Draft Network, which is the most comprehensive site where you can find the most draft experts who talk about all the draft all the time every day of the year and you're not going to find a better place for it so thank you so much man again you can find him on x at the talent code keith sanchez thanks so much for coming on man we appreciate your time no problem another special thank you to keith sanchez for coming on the show and enlightening us with some draft content because like i said hey we're gonna watch all these guys but Keith Sanchez is an expert, and I think he had great answers on what the Chargers could potentially do and where they could potentially get some of these guys. So make sure you guys follow the Locked On NFL Draft Show because it's like Locked On Chargers. It's every day, and that's all they do all year round is talk about the draft. So thank you guys for checking out today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow with the biggest Chargers storylines and overreactions, buying or selling them. So to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show on all of our social media. You can find us on X at LockdownLAC. You can find me on there at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer at DroTalkSD, as well as on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But we're going to continue to get as many big guests as possible, maybe even some Chargers players on the horizon as well. Make sure you guys are back here for that, and make sure you're back tomorrow for the Chargers buy or sell. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.